One of the things I can always count on is that there will always be confirmation. Now, what is confirmation? Confirmation is when you get that sign from the universe, that little synchronistic kismet moment that reassures you that what you're doing is right. And the fact that Anchor by Spotify makes everything so easy to record my podcast and upload it, I've got episodes lined up for the rest of the year, all in one place, because everything can be done either on my desktop or on my phone. Anchor has the tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast anywhere, right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. I would suggest downloading the Anchor app or going to anchor.fm to get started because the one thing that could happen is you put out something that everyone needs to hear and you get confirmation of exactly what you needed. Even though there are millions of podcasts already, the world doesn't have yours. Join Anchor today. Welcome back to another episode of Metaphysical AF. Today, I'm going to be talking about Reiki and diving deeper into what the magic of Reiki really entails. And when people hear magic, they instantly think sometimes that things are just not real or that someone's a fraud or whatever. But if you don't believe in magic, then you definitely don't experience blessings in your life. Um, And maybe you do, but... (laughs) Anyway, jumping into it. Ki is used in Japan. Chi is another word, uh, another name for the basic life energy also used in the East. The discipline of Tai Chi is learning how to work with this force of Reiki. Um, The Ki in Reiki refers to the energy component. Different cultures recognize life energy and call it by different names. So Hindu traditions call it prana. Hawaiian shamans call it mana. Um, And the Hebrew term for this force is for this force, which I'm not Hebrew, and I apologize ahead of time because I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. R-A-U-C-H. Rock? Rosh? I don't know. Newman, Odic Force, and Orgon are all variant names. Different cultures have different definitions, interpretations, and cultural associations for it, but basically they're all talking about the same life force energy. The energy is universal, denoted by the Rei in Reiki. It's not personal. The universal part of the Reiki definition signifies not only that this basic energy is found in everything universally, but also that as a system of healing, we're drawing upon this energy from the universe, which is limitless and abundant. Rather than drawing upon our own personal key energy or chi or that of another person, animal, plant, or object. So you'll never feel depleted when you're doing Reiki because you are channeling this universal energy. And if you do feel depleted, then something is wrong. You are doing something wrong if you're feeling depleted. So some people say, but I already do Reiki and I didn't take any classes and I don't need to learn from anyone. And I hear this all the time, and it cra- it, it's a big debate in the Reiki community about this. The essence of this controversy comes down to misunderstanding the terms and words. I learned how important it is
is to say what you mean because of the inherent power of words. So for most of us, English can be an imprecise language and is particularly limited when explaining mystical and Eastern concepts because our language often lacks the subtlety needed. So we must explain things clearly. When people say the word Reiki, some are only referring to the universal life force, which is everywhere and available to everyone. We already have some of it flowing through us every single day. And if we didn't, we wouldn't be alive. So we take it in with the air, we breathe it in with the food we eat, and we subtly exchange it with the environment around us, including all of the planets, the stars, and the plants and the animals that surround us. Um, there are so many mystical ways to get in touch with this energy, which some people just do intuitively with little training. But many healing and magical arts call upon this energy of the universe. Praying, meditating, ritual, visualizing, affirmations, declarations, and intentions are all methods to connect to it. And they all come with techniques, strengths. Other people use the word Reiki to refer to a formal system of healing called the Usei System of Natural Healing by the modern founder, Dr. Mike Usei. This system has a fairly modern history and practitioners of it have a lineage where they can trace their teachers back to Usei. I can trace my teacher all the way back to Usei. I can trace my teacher back to Takata, which is the woman who brought, it makes me so excited. The woman who brought, she taught, she was one of the 25 who learned under Usei and she brought Reiki to Hawaii. And from there, Reiki spread um, into the Americas. So when people say that they already do Reiki, but have not studied the system or haven't been initiated into the tradition, they are using the energy, but they are doing it in a different way than the Reiki practitioner. Sometimes they can be wonderful and other times not so much. Often there's a greater need for intense concentration and without the safeguards, there is more of a chance that they will too use too much or too little energy or even start taking on the symptoms and illnesses of their clients, particularly if they are strictly intuitive and haven't learned a tradition of healing. Many lack the training and awareness to regulate the energy, while others do it quite beautifully on their own. It is different with each person. So medical Reiki and mystical Reiki. Um, this is something that really is interesting, and I'm reading from this amazing book that I'm going to be using for my Reiki teacher training aspect and continuing education course. And this book came into my life, and I just knew immediately that I had to share this and had to create another podcast about this because we already have a podcast on Reiki, but this one's going to dive so much deeper. So Reiki is a system of healing from Japan that was born out of the concepts of Buddhism. And although a lot of non-Buddhist philosophies has been grafted to it, the concepts behind it are essentially spiritual healing, not medical healing. For many, Reiki is not a religion. It is their spiritual path. It's a path of exploration. Reiki is the path of the mystic. So magic is a word that evolves and evokes many, many reactions. For some, it evokes a sense of childhood mystery, from timeless stories and fairy tales. It conjures a belief in the endless possibilities of an innocent wish. Practitioners of the spiritual art of magic use the K at the end of it to differentiate from stage magic. 
The very concept of magic has been misunderstood for centuries by the modern culture. Through the use of intention, we create a change in our reality. So ultimately, magic is the power of intention. Through the use of intention, we create a change in our reality. Some magic affects our inner reality and goes unseen by most. Other magic affects our outer reality and makes things happen, although those events are often chalked up to coincidence. You do magic to get a new job, to suddenly get back a call for an interview, to find your lover, to have great sex, whatever. Magic or coincidence. You send your intent throughout the universe and those who can help respond to it. Nature seeks to conserve energy. Water flows down mountains, not up. And magic is an ordinary approach to us because it's the easiest. Magic flows down to us via the easiest paths possible. We must sit still to follow up with some real world action. We have to follow up with that action. You have to do the action. You can't just sit here and think that you're going to make two grand in a day and it's just going to happen. That you, you, oh, I'm, you know, I'm working with the law of attraction and I want $2,000 and I'm not going to think anything else. I'm not going to put any contrast in. I'm going to have $2,000. Unless you have some action, that's not how things work. Um, we must open the doors to magic. We must create that change internally and open to the energy that we are open to changing externally. Having an inner event. Your mind doesn't know whether an inner event or an outer event is occurring. So in the formal magic tradition, practitioners focus their intention and will to create a change through the acts of ritual. Each ritual is used to create a spell or a specific act of magic. A tradition of magic called ceremonial magic blends aspects of Judeo-Christian mysticism with philosophies from the ancient pagan civilizations, most particularly Greek and in Egypt. So, rituals are found in many shamanic cultures among the medicine men and women of existing tribal cultures. Although they might use the word medicine instead of spell or magic, the essence is they are practicing magic. A rain dance, a healing song, or a blessing for protection are all forms of magic. By the heart, magic is creating a connection to the universe, to the divine, however you envision it, and when that, and then, through that connection, focusing your intention to create a change. We all do magic all the time. All the time. We don't call it magic, but if we live with intention, any intention at all, we're doing magic. Prayer is another form of magic. Certain people pray in and give, they, they pray in um, like a give and take fashion. God, if you give me this, I'll give up that. That's not really magic and it doesn't work. <laughs> Others will ask for things, but focus so hard on their lack of what they want or feel so unworthy to receive anything that they don't have any energy behind the intent. Talk about worthiness issues. This is something that we all really focus on and that we all really have issues with at this point in time. Ultimately, magic is partnering with the universe to create change, and you are worthy of creating that change. So don't focus on the lack of what you don't have. Focus on the worthiness of getting what you want, of having what you want, of how worthy you feel to even have that. It's co-creating, and that's such a good name for it. It's a blend of your will and intent. What you do comes back to you stronger. That's the heart of magic. But simply... A mechanism of magic. When you put out an intention, it returns to you. According to the ethics of magic in various forms, you send out 
only what you would want to receive. So you do no harm to others because you would, you would not want harm done to you. This is a variation of the golden rule. And it's called in the Wiccan read, and it harm none, do what you will. Magic is like electricity without moral value. It can be used to light up a room or to electrocute depending on the intent. Magic is a part of everyone and everything, like the universal life force. Magic is the universal life force. It's basically divinity moving. In the end, whether we're engaged in ritual prayer or even day-to-day -day action, every thought, every word, every deed is an act of magic. Our whole life is basically a prayer, and everything we do affects everyone else. So the intersection of Reiki and magic talks this is what's coming up next, is that the word, most people would assume that there is little common ground between Reiki and magic, uh, because magic is so strongly associated with the occult and the Western mystery traditions. The word occult simply means hidden, and comes from the word ocular, referring to the eye. Occult subjects are those not seen or studied by everyone. They are obscure and usually hidden by mystery and symbolism. Reiki comes to the world from Japan, rooted in the Eastern traditions and philosophies. So on the surface, there seems to be a great division between Eastern and Western knowledge, and there are many differences, but essentially, they can be looked at as two different paths up the same mountain, which is right. Magic is strongly associated with the magical symbols and alphabets. Even the spell denotes the power of the written word. Magic alphabets, symbols, and patterns and creations are found in many traditions from England, um, from Egyptian hieroglyphics, and ancient Hebrew and Greek, to the Norse runes, Celtic Ogham, and the spirit of the and the script of the alchemists. Symbols carry not only meaning but also the power inherent to their name and shape. In Reiki, as one continues on to the second level of traditional training, the student is taught three practitioner symbols used to enhance and facilitate the practice of healing. Even though Reiki is said to be guided by the higher intelligence and we have no control or attachment to the outcome, we do have intent when using a symbol since we pick the symbol we are using, intuitively or logically based on the intention behind the symbol. The first symbol is used to increase power. The second symbol is used to, for healing on the mental and emotional levels. And the third symbol is used for distance healing. The use of Reiki symbols in healing by either visually drawing them or chanting their name is like using magic symbols and words of power. The tradition is passed on not only through oral or written material to be learned by the students, but most importantly through something called an attunement. Initiation is another word for attunement. The Reiki master creates an energetic connection to the student through intention and symbol to pass on the ability to effortlessly and safely tap into the universal life force. Side effects of the attunement can be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritually cleansing and purging, awakening, awakening of intuitive or psychic abilities, and a greater awareness of spirituality and a call to higher service. This creates a spiritual family or lineage of teachers and students who are all connected and can ultimately be traced back to the modern founder. If the teacher is not already attuned, then the connection cannot be passed on to the student. In very in very traditional Reiki, the sacredness of the symbols is maintained by keeping them a secret from the attuned, and the ritual of attunement is kept secret, even from lower initiatives, which is interesting. Um, I know my work specifically is to modernize Reiki and to bring these intuitive symbols forward to people because Reiki and magic differ in their approach to creating change. 
In most traditions of magic, you form an intention and reflect upon it. You reflect to make sure that you truly desire the potential outcome. You reflect to make sure that the outcome is for the highest good, harming none. Ideally, you reflect on the effects of repercussions of magic. Then you send the energy out of that specific intention out into the universe through magical ritual. You release the intention and assume that it's for the highest good and that the magic will work. You can follow up the magic with real-world action to open the doors to the results of your magic, but you must fully release your intention. If you don't release it, you'll constantly pull back the energy you sent out and it will never manifest. You will constantly be in a cycle. When the energy does return to you as things return to their source energetically, stronger than when they left, it will return as a manifestation rather than an intention. Reiki, on the other hand, focuses much less on the outcome. The practitioner is unattached to the outcome and simply offers Reiki to the recipient for his or her highest good. The recipient uses the energy to heal according to his or her own divine wisdom and pre-birth plan. Reiki is said to be regulated by the divine intelligence, the universal intelligence of this life force energy, which knows infinitely more than other conscious ego selves and knows how to work. We simply offer ourselves as vessels through which the energy flows and it works as needed. Reiki flows where it's needed. If a practitioner's hands are on you and you need Reiki for the highest good, the energy will flow. If the practitioner is touching your chest, but you really need energy in your toes, it'll flow to your toes. If you come in for a backache, but the energy serves the highest good by going to your emotional body to heal unresolved childhood trauma, it will go there. There is no control or predicting the results of Reiki, which is so interesting. Reiki energy goes where commanded by one's higher intelligence in concert with the universal life force. Both Reiki and magic are paths to awareness and openness of your divinity, and both are paths of healing and wholeness. They don't need to be mutually exclusive in our lives, just as we don't have to focus strictly on left brain or right brain talents or on male or female traits. I had a great friend always tell me that Jesus did Reiki, and <laughs> it's so interesting because there is a story of Jesus going to India and some say before this this of course this was before his crucifixion and some say it was after his resurrection but in India he is said to have hid the secret of his healing method so that it would not be lost and it could be revealed to the world when it was needed in the last in the last days um, Jesus had received it from the ancient Egyptian priesthood when he was initiated into it as a child the Egyptians learned Reiki from those who escaped the sinking of the continent of Atlantis. The Atlanteans were in contact with many races uh, who, gave Reiki, who gave them the system of Reiki to the ruling class of Atlantis. And who came from Atlantis to Egypt to basically build the pyramids and align them with the Galactic Federation universe and Sirius at the foot of Orion's belt? Daddy Thoth. That's right. So Thoth was the initiative of the priesthood of the Atlanteans. He is the one that started, who brought it, who continued it. And if you read the Emerald Tablets, that is something you will definitely love to dive deeper into. But I like to say hashtag Jesus did Reiki because that's what it comes down to. <laughs> so the first principle or actually the first degree is Reiki 1. And... Basically, in Reiki 1, you are taught the, the 
the principles of Reiki and the roots of disease. Um, the Reiki principles say, just for today, I will be grateful. Just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I will not worry. I will do my work honestly, and I will respect all life. And you work on the aspect of just for today. Just for today. In, in a lot of traditional Reiki, uh, one aspect you learn about the chakra system. Um, specifically for Reiki teacher training, we dive deeper into this chakra system and go really, really hard into the psychological aspects of how the chakras form, during what time in your life they form, and the psychological trauma and energetic events that happen to create the imbalances and deficiencies in your chakras. So Reiki teacher training for level one, the first degree of Reiki, is really intensive. There is something for everyone at this point. We also speak about the extended chakras, which are your soul star chakra, and the universal consciousness chakra, as well as the earth star chakra, which is located beneath your feet. This is my favorite part of this book, this big part that says, you are a healing facilitator, not a god. <laughs> One of the most important things to remember when doing Reiki is that you are a healing facilitator. It's easy to get hooked in the title and role of healer. I use that word because people identify with it, but in the essence, I mean healing facilitator. This resonates with me so much because I specifically would not call myself a Reiki healer. I did not like it. It did not resonate with me. I did not like to perpetuate that I was healing someone when I was only being a facilitator. And then, of course, Someone from the Wu-Tang Clan calls me healer and named me healer. So if the Wu-Tang Clan names you, then that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. No one heals anyone else. Healers simply provide an opportunity to heal and help one another through the process. Even modern medical practitioners, doctors, and nurses help others heal. They provide the body with the necessary structure, nutrition, or chemicals to heal, but the body heals, ends up healing itself. As Reiki practitioners, we provide the necessary energy and help others come into awareness and that they must heal themselves. We cannot fix them or do it for them, even though that that is the model we have in the medical community. In the end, no one can fix us. We must take care of the roots of our imbalances or they will come back to haunt us. Just because you have access to the Reiki system doesn't mean that you necessarily have all the answers for your client or an absolute cure for what is ailing them. Like many in the medical profession, it is easy to get a sense of power from our work, and we think that we are somewhat better than others because of it. Ultimately, Reiki is not about power. It's about service, which I love that because I've run into so many Reiki healers that act like they are gods and I'll be the first to tell you that you're divine as fuck and that God is within you and that you are a goddess and whatever. But as soon as you start looking at someone else or you're telling people that you're healing them, you're really just setting yourself up to fail. Now, here's where I'm going to talk about something that is very uh, controversial in the parts of Reiki, in the Reiki system of healers and facilitators. Does sacred mean secret? This is so great. This is just, this is so amazing. Um, in most traditional lineages, the symbols are considered quite a serious matter and not to be discussed with anyone outside of the Reiki lineage, even those initiates below the second level. Your traditional names are not to be spoken, 
only the purpose names such as power symbol or distance symbol. They are not to be shown to others. And in extreme traditions, they don't even allow them to be written down. And when they are written down, the papers are collected and ritually burned once they're memorized. Because of this, the symbols have changed over the years. And without a definite standard available, many variations of the symbols exist. After Takata's death, her Reiki master students discovered that they all had different versions of the same symbols, but each version worked, proving that the intention and meaning behind the symbol is more important than the symbols themselves. But less extreme traditions allow you to have copies of the symbols, but they're not shown, but you're not supposed to be shown or redrawn them in ink. But if Reiki is universal, shouldn't we all have access to it? If you're not attuned to Reiki energy by a Reiki master, the symbols will not work for you. If you see the symbols, you may think that you have the Reiki system attunement, but you will not have the safeguards that come with it. Some people will then attempt to do a healing using the symbols directly or believing that because they have seen the symbols, they are attuned. Since they are not attuned to Reiki or do not have knowledge of other safe, effective traditions on hands-on healing, they end up using their own personal energy in the healing and are left weakened and susceptible to illness. And the wonderful thing is, now that some symbols have been revealed in other books and websites and online, you can literally Google power symbol, distance symbol, and you will see these symbols that are clearly, we live in an age of technology, and this universal life force energy needs to use that technology to expand and evolve and grow. So Reiki masters haven't noticed a diminishment of the Reiki energy. In fact, the opposite has happened. The flow seems to be getting stronger as more people tune into it and heal the world. As you might have guessed, I fall into this little area of thinking that these symbols need to be shared symbolically. That is also one thing that I specifically ingrained in Reiki teacher training. When you get the modules, you get a shit ton of these symbols. You get more symbols than you can really even take in. And the point of that is so that you come into the energy and you work through the Reiki energy through time and time and time and time and time again. Over time, you continually work through them. So in Reiki teacher training, I'm going to rattle off the symbols that you're going to get that are in your 12 modules that are in the PDFs. You get the power symbol, which is Chokurei. You get the mental emotional symbol, which is Seiheikai, or some people say Seiheiki. You get the distance symbol, which is Hasho Zeishonen. And you continue, those are the three main symbols that you get. The third degree, when you become a Reiki master, you get the traditional master symbol, which is pronounced Daikomiyo. That, that is the traditional master symbol. There's also a Tibetan master symbol, um, which with the same name. They also can use the Tibetan master symbol reversed and I will also be revealing an alternative Tibetan master symbol as well as the serpent of fire which is Zengizida which just I love saying that. <laughs> it's another symbol that is attributed to Tibet. Um, this is one that's used in the Karuna Reiki style. Um, it's called the Serpent of Fire, and it literally helps awaken your kundalini energy. Next, I'm going to be giving out the grounding symbol, which is called Raku, which looks very similar to a lightning bolt. Then we will also get Antakarana, 
which is the last symbol that is taught in many Reiki traditions. It means spiritual organ. Yes. Then we're going to do a microcosmic orbit meditation, which we will talk about in Reiki teacher training. During the training, the microcosmic orbit is basically using the symbols that we just said to go throughout your entire body from the crown to the feet. Now, another exciting aspect of Reiki is Reiki traditions that are taught beyond Usei. So the Usei tradition that Hayashi and Takata used um, was called Usei Shiki Ryaho. There's also Usei Reiki Ryaho. There's also Usei Tibetan Reiki. There's the Radiance Technique, which is taught by Barbara Ray, um, who is one of the trained masters of Takata. There is Saking, which is a traditional um, part of Reiki that was founded by Patrick Ziegler. Um, Shake is the vital, I, 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 no, I'm not saying it right. Saking is the vital life force uh, component of the soul of Egyptian mysticism. So there's like basically Egyptian Reiki, which has a lot to do um, with Egypt and Ziegler spent time in the Middle East from 1979 to 1980, including spending a night in the Pyramid of Giza where he received a spontaneous initiation. He experienced an unusual mystical connection of what would later be called the Sekhem energy, which I specifically would, I'll, I'll refer to that as Thoth Reiki because I think that that's really what that is. Tara May Reiki or Tara May Shakim is also another form of Reiki which was ex which was uh, developed by a woman named Kathleen Milner. Um, she was introduced to Sakim and later was guided to incorporate some of this new material and energy symbols from the sources to create a new system of Reiki. Then there is Karuna Reiki. Um, William Rand is the founder of the International Center for Reiki Training and was using the same symbols that Kathleen Milner used in her tradition, but he was not using the same system. Rand states that he did not intend to create a new system of Reiki, but he, along with other Reiki masters, began to experiment with those non-traditional symbols. Under the guidance, he created an attunement process, which is now called Karuna Reiki. There's also Shambhala Reiki, or Shambhala Multidimensional Healing. Um, this was made um, by spiritual known healer Haridas Melchizedek and the Melchizedek lineage. We know about the Melchizedek, we know about all the Melchizedeks. Like we got the flower of life. We got Drunvalo out here living his best life, teaching us all about um, the, Melchi the Melchizedek lineage. Um, this uh, Haridas specifically channeled the information from the Ascended Master referred to as Saint Germain as an upgrade or an expansion of the traditional Usei Reiki system. Shambhala is used to said to be reclaiming the original system drawing at the end of Atlantis. It was originally used to help spiritually evolve um, certain segments of the Atlantean community using attunements with 22 master symbols. 22 master symbols. Um, before the destruction of Atlantis, it was said that he visited the Eastern world and shared portions of this system to see what people would do with it. He feared its abuse and did not reveal it until later. Through St. Germain, Harry Doss expanded the system further um, through a system of four levels, two practitioner levels, master healer and master teacher. There's also shamanic Reiki, 
which is not a specific tradition, but a very general trend that many practitioners have been exploring. It combines elements of core shamanism, including drumming, ceremony, trance work, spirit work, animal and plant spirit healing, ancestor reverence, shamanic psychic surgery, or guided imagery with Reiki. Um, this is something that I specifically use a lot. I am very much a shamanic Reiki healer. I pull on my ancestry from my African lineage and the Zulu tribe of Africa that specifically worked with this type of uh, indigenous healing. Um, so that's something that I bring into my Reiki that is very special. Another form of Reiki is called Chaos Reiki. It's non It doesn't have a specific tradition. Uh, practitioners of it combine the concepts and attitudes of revolutionary form of ceremonial Reiki called Chaos Magic with Reiki. There's also Johre Reiki or Vajra Reiki, which was founded by Mokishi Okada and it is a contemporary form of Usei's Reiki. There's also the healing technique known as magnified healing. It's not a Reiki tradition, but it shares a lot of similarities. This was created and brought to the general public by Katherine Anderson and Giselle King. There's also Blue Star Reiki, which is the founder John Williams, a South African Reiki master, originally called it Blue Star Celestial Energy that he channeled from a spirit guide starting in 1995. There's also Wei Chi Tibetan Reiki, this is a form of Reiki that was received by Kevin Ross Emery and Thomas Hansel from the ancient monk named Wei Chi. Wei Chi lived over 5,000 years ago, and he and his brother created the original system that we now call Reiki. This tradition teaches Reiki the way it was done in Wei Chi's day, using not simply the laying of the hands, but also what we now consider a form of intuitive medical diagnosis and mental, emotional, spiritual uh, diagnosis going beyond the simple scanning of techniques of many Reiki traditions. As we can see, Reiki's multiplying again and again and again, like a field of wildflowers. So it's not something to really keep, it's not, it's, it's time to open up and keep it out. Um, I'm going to discuss a few more symbols that we are going to be having at Reiki teacher training. And I will tell you the names and they will be in the teacher modules that you will be getting whenever you sign up. Session one is October 12th and 13th. 2019. Session two is February 2020. So please, if you are interested and you've made it all the way through this podcast and you are just itching and dying to learn about Reiki, this is going to be sign up for RTT, MaggieMayWilson.com slash education. Send me your Venmo, reserve your spot. Boom, you're in. Zonar is the most popular Reiki symbol used in Terame Reiki and Shambhala Reiki. It's used for healing issues of a multidimensional nature. Then we have hearth, which it says it means love, truth, beauty, harmony, and balance, all the highest aspects of the divine manifest in each of us. Halu is the manifestation and the magnif magnification of Zonar. Like Zonar, it has an infinity loop and the healing originates beyond space and time, but the balance point channels healing energy to all levels and um, more effectively does this through this being an exemplified symbol. Mara or Rama is one of the first Reiki symbols I looked at and was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> it's not very symmetrical, but it is one that in three-dimensional form um, becomes energy lines with the earth and with the vortex and the energy in the center, it creates a sacred site. Next, we have Gnosa, which is just pronounced Nosa because the G is silent. Um, meaning the secret knowledge that comes from the meditative state that connects one to the divine. Then we have 
Iava, which is a symbol for earth healing and connecting with the earth. Then we'll have the Kriya symbol, which is a double chokure, used much like the power symbol. The Shanti is a symbol named after a chant for peace. Chanting or drawing the symbol brings peace, healing, and any disturbance of restlessness by evoking a sense of inner peace. Then we've got the Om symbol. Om is not a channeled symbol, but an ancient Sanskrit symbol that has been adopted by the Karuna traditions. Om is the sound of creation, more importantly, and accurately spelled A-U-M. With these three letters specializing the creative, stabilizing, and destructive principles of the universe. Then we have Merkapakalishma is the symbol in the Shambhala traditions, manifesting the power of the Divine Mother. And it, it literally is, the symbol looks like a Divine Mother. It's amazing. It also resembles the DNA double helix. Motor Zanon is found under a variety of names and is believed to be the Tibetan symbol or Sanskrit origin. Kathleen Miller states that at least one Tibetan monk uses this symbol for exorcism. Hosanna is drawn in two different ways. The first version sends out clearing energy, and the second version focuses on a specific issue the client wants to heal. Then we have Johrei, which is a symbol of the variation of the Japanese calligraphy symbol of the Johrei Foundation. Literally, it is said to mean white light. It puts white light everywhere. Then we've got Om Benza Sata Hong. The mantra and symbol is used for purification. It brings up harmful energies to be transmuted and can be used in both meditation and healing sessions. Then we have the palm master symbol, which, which is very similar to Diko Mio. It's seen on the palms of many statues in the East, signifying the healing power of the palms. Now it is used in Shambhala tradition, both in the hands and for the entire chakra system. Didon. <laughs> I love this one. Didon is the symbol that many people are drawing that don't even know they're drawing. From my heart to your heart. I know that several Reiki masters in the New England colonies use these, but not very much, not, not really very much where else that I've seen. Um, it's the opening spiral. Then we have Chokuret, which is the power symbol for the Sakim tradition, um, which is the spiraling energy of the Chokure with an infinity loop. Then, of course, we have angel wings, which is in the Sakim symbol as well. Angel wings connects the user with the realm of the angels, guides, and guardians, and healers, and also brings protection. Then we have our third Sakim symbol, balances male and female energies, uh, regardless of our physical gender. It soothes relationships with the opposite sex, helping us to see a partner's point of view, and helps those struggling with the limited gender identities of our society. High-low God selves. While the male-female symbolizes balances of our gender polarity, the Sakim symbol balances our higher self and ego self. This one is insane. It's the endless inner sight, and it is pronounced E-F-T-H-A-Y. E -E 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 it's also the symbol for our natural psychic abilities when it's used on our third eye. Lin So Mai the power of pure love, and it's used when an individual needs to find pure, unconditional love when feeling lost, neglected, or unwanted. Lonse. Not much information is available about Lonse, but it's it's 16 damn lines of just getting rid of infectious negativity. These words can be interpreted in two ways. Um, the symbol can be used to cure any type of physical infection, um, but it also can be used to lay down over the entire body, starting at the crown. Uh, it tends to balance the different sides of the body, including the arms and legs, but focuses on the center spiral as a chest, uh, at the chest area. Then we have the yod, 
The yod is the most powerful yet strange, strange, strange symbol. It is said to be the energy of the caretaker of the heart and is connected to the myth of the Ark of the Covenant. It is also used to connect the higher guidance and psychic abilities through the, through the heart. Kathleen Milner uses it in conjunction with her Egyptian, um, car, um, I think it's the Cartouche initiation, uh, to help diviners gain a stronger understanding of the archetype energies. We also have the chakra symbols. There are not the traditional chakra symbols that we think they are, but they are very much um, from the crown to the root. Uh, the different, the different chakra symbols will be also given. Then we also have Amsui symbols, which are used in the attunement process of Shambhala. Each is an individual symbol. Um, although they are usually used in patterns, the Ambasu symbols signify completion and aid in the completion of integration of the attunement process. Then we have an abundant symbol. The next symbol that was also given to them was the, hai, um, the Hokai O Ili Ili. And it's a symbol to increase respect and regality. Then we have the anti-cancer symbol. This Shambhala symbol was received by Lori Moondream, who affiliated with the White Mountain Apache, used the Native American teachings and visioning techniques in obtaining the symbol. So she shared it with the writer of this book. Heal the healers is a symbol that is the energy of Kuan Yin, the mother of energy and compassion and unconditional love. Then of course, we have the 12 pointed star, which is used in the heart chakra during Shambhala attunements. Next, we have, of course, the Flower of Life, which is used in the Shambhala attunement process, which is from both and the Melchizedek lineage, talking about our numerology and really just diving into the flower with the petaled 19 circles. Um, it says it's the seed print for the seed blueprint for life, representing the divine plan, the highest good and perfect health. Going in deeper to talk about the Reiki guides that we're going to be working with specifically, um, in indigenous culture and in my African shamanic learnings, we have called upon the four directions. And in the four directions, there are each a angel that sits on each side. So Raphael sits in the east and his element is air and his function is of the healer and the physician. In the south sits Michael and his element is fire and he is the protector and the warrior. In the west sits Gabriel, which is the element of water and he is the messenger. And in the north sits Uriel, whose element is earth, and he, his function is to guide. Wrapping up with the last few things, we're going to do Reiki and crystal magic. Um, do crystals work? Of course they work. They're in the oldest species on earth that have a consciousness. They're older than humans, they're older than plants, they're older than animals. They're the original consciousness on the planet. So do they work? Of course they work. They want to work with us. So we're going to activate and deactivate. We're going to act for the highest good. We're going to do self-clearing. We're going to channel Reiki through the crystals. We're going to create crystal grids. We're also going to create a Reiki and plant magic ceremony where we use aromatherapy, flower essences, and plant medicine. And at the very end of Reiki teacher training, I'm going to leave everyone with about 10 symbols that they can use specifically to go through the rest of their life. And these 10 symbols are going to be differentiated between Kundalini, differentiated between so many different things. So there actually may be more than 10 because as I'm looking at it, I think I'm gonna give everyone each of them. Um, I'm also going to include in the Reiki teacher training modules, the 
Reiki Herbal Guide, which is going to be an introduction to magic and spiritual properties of plants. Um, of course, it's not going to be a complete guide, but it is going to have everything from star anise to garlic to dandelion to peppermint to yarrow. I'm also going to talk about color magic and the chromotherapy that comes with that. So if you're interested in pursuing a career in Reiki or even getting Reiki for yourself, I offer a Reiki Level 1 attunement. You can go onto my website. You can email me directly. You can email metaphysicalaf at gmail.com to get your own Reiki Level 1 attunement. And then once you have your Level 1 attunement, you can come to Reiki teacher training and be diving into the world of Reiki like no other person can even basically create for you. Included in Reiki teacher training is the Metaphysical Mastermind Program, which is the way of the dragon, basically, is what I like to call it. And this, this aspect incorporates everything that you've wanted to know about metaphysics, quantum physics, the spiritual realm, dimensional realms, Egyptian lore, so Melchizedek's numerology, the flower of life, all these things, all these things intertwine with Reiki and intertwine with this universal life force energy. So as this is the longest episode of the podcast, I hope that everyone has a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, evening, night, whatever you're doing, wherever you're listening to this. I hope that you have the best day. I'm sending Reiki to every single person that listens to this. Every single podcast that you hear is infused with Reiki. So the Reiki will work for you. You will get what you need out of these podcasts, out of these episodes. You'll get what you need. And if you don't like it, that's okay too, because everybody is different. Everybody has a different way of healing. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Metaphysical AF. You can also find us on Facebook at Metaphysical AF. You can find me on Patreon, Maggie Mae Wilson, to support and get extra content that is not released on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. And Hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Even though the festival season might be coming to a close, you'll definitely still want to get something for yourself. Made by Moonlight Co. makes felt creations from Knoxville, Tennessee with over 200 five-star reviews. There's definitely something you're not going to want to miss. They have wall art, felt flowers, flower crowns. They make custom orders. They even have wreaths and home decor. So you can absolutely find something that you'll love. And if you go on their website now, onto their Etsy store, everything is free to ship. So you'll be able to find something. Do you have someone that's new in your family that has a baby? They even make mobiles. Absolutely anything you could want. Lavender mobile, felt flower mobile, pastel floral banners, dream catchers. Support local women and wonderful creators such as Ashley and Stephanie by going to etsy.com slash shop slash made by Moonlight Co. Bye!